Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments together. Happy New Year to uh, all of you. And, you know, people were asked to give one word that they would use to describe 2021. Uh, some of the words uh, that came out were exhausting, uh, redundant, as in 2020 redo, uh, reluctant, uh, as in uh, uh, didn't want to face the issues that were in front of us, disaster, lockdown. Uh, some of the other words that people used were vaxxed, variant, booster, and ouch. And then uh, some of these last groupings were on the more positive side of the ledger. Uh, they were uh, better than 2021 or 2020, progress, fun. Uh, Got to wonder what their definition of fun is. And my favorite uh, one word to describe 2021 was resilience. And I think we can all probably relate to that. Uh, I found this interesting, always do. Uh, some of the top Google searches of 2021 uh, using the words how to be. Uh, they were uh, things like how to be eligible for a stimulus check, uh, how to be more attractive. Interesting that that would be number two on the list. How to be happy alone. <laughs> That's probably for those who aren't as attractive as they would like to be. Uh, how to be a good boyfriend. Uh, this one's very pragmatic. How to be a good kisser. Uh, this one I had to wonder about. How to be a flight attendant. Uh, is this someone who's a glutton for punishment or uh, simply following uh, the job opportunities? How to be happy with yourself. How to be mindful. How to be romantic. Here's uh, uh, the most uh, Google searched searches using the words near me. Uh, COVID vaccine near me. COVID testing near me. Uh, movies near me. There's someone who uh, wants to get back to normal. Uh, bars near me. There's someone who wants to escape uh, this current reality. Bowling near me. Uh, brunch near me. Uh, my uh, addiction of choice is food. Uh, COVID boosters near me. Massage places near me. I just need to de-stress. Uh, and then uh, buffets near me. Yeah, well, I think you can sense in most of those near me searches uh, that uh, people are looking for things that uh, allow them to get by in life. And uh, this series that we're going to jump into, it's going to be incredibly practical. And we're staying right in our journey through Paul's letter to Rome. In fact, I do want to mention to you, if you haven't yet discovered this incredible resource, it's called the U version. It's an absolutely free app. You can download it on your phone or your device. It has all kinds of reading plans any translation of the Bible that might be of interest to you. And uh, if you will search uh, in the lower right-hand corner menu under events, uh, put in the words Arlington FM Church, you will find a complete set of notes for this weekend's message. Uh, but uh, we're going to jump into a, a part of Paul's letter, beginning in Romans chapter 12, where the truth meets life. You might say it's where the rubber meets the road. It's where Paul gets very practical. And it says, you know, if we believe these phenomenal, uh, global, uh, eternal truths, at some point it has to meet uh, with our lives and our lifestyle. I love how James, the brother of Jesus, gets incredibly practical with these great truths we believe. He says, listen, do not merely listen to the word, uh, to the truth about God, and so trick yourselves. Uh, do what it says. Listening and not doing is useless, James says. 
but whoever looks intently into God's perfect law, into his truth, uh, that gives freedom and, and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard or listened to, but doing it, uh, James says that person will be blessed in what they do. And that's really uh, the essence of this series is uh, how do we get to that place where we're being blessed by the truths that we believe uh, rather than just uh, hearing them and allowing them to remain at kind of a, a, a thinking level. Uh, in fact, we're calling this series My Good Habits. And you'll notice the word there, bad, has been crossed out uh, because, see, habits are mostly about what we do in life. And most of what we do in life, we do habitually. We have patterns of thinking, patterns of feeling, patterns of acting. And uh, here's the truth. Most of our habits are done at the subconscious level. Uh, ways that we think, ways that we react, opinions that we hold. Uh, the majority of our lives are determined by the habits that we form. So here are some of the basic ways that uh, habits are defined. A, a usual way of behaving. Something that a person does often in a regular, in a repeated way. And you see the, uh, the uh, patterned response. In fact, the second definition is an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. And uh, I think we know that uh, the habits that we form, uh, we don't have to work hard to keep them going uh, because they, as the definition suggests, they're a pattern response to how we live. Love this quote uh, by Ralph Emerson. It says, you sow an act or you plant uh, an act and you reap a habit. In other words, it becomes a pattern in our life. You sow a habit and you reap a character. Our habits define who we are becoming. And uh, you sow a character and you reap a destiny. Our characters define where we are going and how we invest or spend our lives. Uh, one of my favorite songs of 2021, uh, my non-worship songs, was by a guy named Ed Sheeran. And the song is My Bad Habits. Maybe you're familiar with it. Uh, but really, uh, this song is a lament about how much destruction his bad habits are causing in his life. Uh, here's some of the lyrics. Every pure intention ends when the good times start. Falling over everything to reach the first time spark. Trying to recreate pleasurable experience. It started under neon lights and then it all got dark. I only know how to go too far. And here uh, now is lament. My bad habits lead to late nights ending alone. Conversations with a stranger I barely know. Swearing this will be the last, but it probably won't. I got nothing left to lose or use or do. And uh, what's he saying? Uh, he's lamenting how much his bad habits are costing him. How much his bad habits are compromising his life. And uh, even to the point of ruining his relationships, he, he goes on. He says, oh, 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 my bad habits lead to you. Oh, oh, my bad habits lead to you. In fact, he's declaring, my bad habits have not only cost me everything, they've led me to, to an association of relationships that reinforces my bad habits. Uh, Paul would address 
uh, this life uh, tendency. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says, don't be fooled. Uh, bad friends will ruin good habits. And uh, so our, our habits tend to lead us uh, in our life patterns, and that includes certainly our relationships. Well, uh, most of us, I think, to really engage in this series uh, could probably think of at least one or two bad habits that you have uh, that you would uh, openly admit uh, these habits aren't doing me any good. In fact, uh, these habits tend to sabotage my best interest. Well, I would say this, if you need a refresher on some of your most common bad habits, uh, I would refer you to this website. It's called examples.yourdictionary.com. And uh, in that, uh, on that website, you can search for humanity's most common bad habits. And what you'll come up with is some pretty comprehensive lists. Uh, Ten most common bad habits in humans. Uh, bad habits related to food and drink. Uh, personal habits that create problems for us. Self-sabotaging habits. Distracting technology and entertainment habits. Poor communication and relationship habits. A bad household and finance habits and school-related bad habits. I, I guarantee you, if you're looking for a, a, to put a name on a bad habit that you're bumping up against, you'll find it in these lists. But uh, here's the truth. This series is not about primarily about bad habits, though we will look into some ways that we can break uh, the hold of bad habits in our lives. This series, uh, as the title suggests, is about a few good habits. It's about establishing a few good habits uh, in our lives that bring incredible uh, positivity into us. Uh, there is a phrase called keystone habits, and uh, these are habits that change everything. A keystone habit is, uh, is, is a habit that automatically leads to uh, multiple positive behaviors. Uh, in other words, uh, when we, when we get hold of a keystone habit and we lay down its pattern in our lives, uh, it ends, uh, and ends up reproducing other good habits. And these uh, spark a chain reaction uh, that help us move towards uh, who we want to become, who we feel God is inviting us to become. Uh, keystone habits uh, are uh, the big the big uh, log jam type of actions that if we take them, they tend to release other good things in our life. Well, here's a nuance of this series. Uh, those, though there's a, a lot of self-help material that we could access that's very beneficial in changing our behaviors, we're going to invite God into the equation. Uh, we're going to ask God to show us those keystone habits that would bring us into his good intentions for our lives. And we're going to ask God to show us those ones that, that need to be broken. And uh, I want you to hear the heart of, of Paul as he now summarizes this incredible good news that we have in Jesus Christ, that though we had drifted with all of humanity away from God's best, uh, what Christ did in his coming, his life, his death, his teachings, his victory over the grave, his forgiveness, his presence with us, all of these has, have opened to us the opportunity to walk away from our most debilitating bad habits and to enter into the ones that bring us 
into his life. And so here, uh, the heartbeat of Paul as he gets very practical in his letter now, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of everything that God has done, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, uh, what could be more practical? Offer your entire self to God as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. This is your true and your proper response to God. It's, it's our appropriate worship of God in light of all that he has done on our behalf. Uh, do not conform, you might say, to the habits of this world. Do not conform to the pattern laid down uh, in this world, but be transformed. It's the deepest uh, level of change that Paul could possibly express uh, to be changed at the very essence of who we are by the renewing of our minds and our thought patterns. Uh, Then you will be able to uh, approve, test and approve or live out what God's perfect will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And uh, so uh, here's where we're going with this is the the uh, practice of a few habits that allow us to uh, enter into what Paul is inviting us to. And here's the truth that uh, we'll really get a hold of in this series, um, that the good habits, the keystone habits that have the greatest potential to change us uh, are not earth-changing initially. In other words, uh, here's what we have to embrace, uh, that if we're going to establish habits that lead us into God's best, uh, to make big and wonderful changes in our lives, we have to embrace small. Uh, That's an absolute key truth of this series, uh, to make big and wonderful changes in every aspect of our lives. You have to be willing to start small, to celebrate, and to embrace uh, small in fact, uh, become habitual about thinking small increments of change. Uh, here's a book I would refer you to. It's called Atomic Habits. And uh, one of the amazing truths that come out of this book, Atomic Habits, uh, by an author named Clear, uh, good, good name, is uh, that it's small changes uh, done over time that bring about huge uh change in our lives. And he cites example after example of people, whether they would be athletes or stay-at-home moms or people in their careers who just decided one day that they could make small incremental changes, and they discovered that those small incremental changes took them to great places. Love this passage from the Old Testament. God's people are in a place of wreckage, and they're having to rebuild uh, the temple. And uh, when they looked at the task in front of them, it seemed overwhelming. And God had to send one of his spokespersons, the prophet Zechariah, uh, to his discouraged people. And here's what he said. Do not despise these small beginnings. Don't get disheartened if your small efforts uh, seem not to be up to the task. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Uh, See, here he's saying God's perspective on small things. uh, It doesn't matter that you're able to accomplish the whole task in one day. What matters is that you're willing to take the small steps in the right direction. Uh, So embrace 
the small beginnings. Jesus would say it like this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I'm going to set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And so uh, Jesus, on many occasions, uh, taught about the amazingly large impact of taking small, good steps. Uh, He said to the one who has, more will be given. Uh, To the one who takes those initial steps, uh, God will supply along the way and help them get further into the process. And and see, I think this is so important for us to embrace uh, because we live in a culture that celebrates viral, uh, things going large. And uh, if it doesn't uh, explode overnight uh, on the scene, then it's not worth uh, investing ourselves in. And nothing could be further uh, from the viewpoint of God and the teachings of Jesus. And so uh, here's a key, overcoming uh, our self-sabotaging habits, establishing new ones, uh, not only flourishes when we celebrate small Uh, But I would say when we celebrate in general, in in fact, you could say it like this, uh, establishing, overcoming, uh, sabotaging habits and establishing new life-giving ones happens best in an environment of faith, hope, love, and fun. Uh, Faith, you might say, well, uh, how does that help me establish better habits? Well, it's a belief. If we take uh, what Paul has written to his friends in Rome, it's a belief that God has acted on your behalf, uh, that though uh, you, along with the rest of humanity, had drifted from God's best intentions, he's brought us back Uh, on our faith, uh, the faith of Abram, where we see that God is our shield. He's our great reward, and he has great promise. And when we can saturate our efforts to establish a few good habits with that sense of faith, we're partnering with God's work in our lives. Uh, hope is this confident expectation uh, that even the apparently meaningless things that we do as a response to God are valuable and that someday they will produce fruit in our lives. And uh, love is this uh, environment in which we're not trying to earn God's approval. We're attempting to move toward it. Uh, Paul has said in in Romans chapter 8, as we rehearsed last week, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God which we have in Christ. And then if God didn't spare his own son, uh, he's also going to give us everything we need to flourish in this life. That Jesus not only died for us, he lives for us. Uh, He's with us. He's partnering with us. And more than that, uh, he's at the right hand of God praying for our efforts, and uh, if we can learn as we're seeking to lay down those patterns that lead towards life in in all of its realms, uh, if we can embrace faith, hope, love, and fun, that this is part of a journey. It's a a great uh, adventure that God invites us into of discovering his good and perfect will in our lives. Uh, Here's how one author Uh, not speaking uh, from a perspective of faith, uh, talked about setting uh, positive habits in our lives. He says this, Once you've removed any hint of judgment, changing your habits becomes an uplifting journey. I hear that again. Once you've removed a sense of judgment, uh, changing our habits becomes an uplifting journey in self 
transformation. Uh, we can embrace our mistakes and discoveries along the way. We can believe that the new pathways we're attempting to lie down, that God is with us in that journey as we don't despise the small beginnings, but we learn to celebrate from God's perspective. Well, I want to end this message by giving you one keystone habit that I'm laying down in my own life, and it comes out of Romans 12. In fact, each week, one of the things we'll do from our journey through Romans 12 13 and 14, is we'll allow God to, to point us towards a keystone habit that will lead us into his best intention for our lives. So uh, here is mine based on Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I'd invite you to think about how you might word a response uh, to Paul's invitation. Uh, so for me, uh, my keystone habit is today is all about worshiping God. It's about worshiping my heavenly Father. And here's how that becomes practical uh, in our lives. Uh, anyone attempting to establish a new habit will learn very quickly. Uh, they work best if you attach it to something you have to do every day, uh, something in your environment that cues uh, your association with this new habit. Uh, so for me... Uh, Rolling out of bed in the morning, the moment my feet first touch the floor, out of my words, verbally, will come the words, today is all about worshiping my Heavenly Father. And, uh, and then it works best if you can confirm that declaration with some physical action. And uh, for me, my hands go up. And so every morning, as my feet hit the floor, my response to God's invitation to lay down a keystone habit is to make the declaration, today is all about worshiping my heavenly Father. And I confirm that declaration with hands uplifted to heaven. Now, admittedly, some days you're not going to want to make a declaration like that. Some days everything in you is shouting to worry, to be anxious, to be fretting, to, to not look forward to what the day is going to bring your way. Uh, but I can guarantee you, uh, if you make that declaration that's in line with God's call on our lives, uh, slowly it will begin to take root. It will begin to form a habit pattern. Your thoughts will begin to be changed. Uh, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that this orientation uh, to worship God, uh, which is certainly in line with the priorities of what Jesus taught. In fact, John chapter 4, as Jesus speaks to a woman whose life was coming apart because of her bad relationship habits, uh, he said, look, uh, God is actually looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And he reoriented uh, this woman's quest and adventure in life. Uh, you know, I, when I made this declaration today, is all about worshiping my heavenly Father. I was reminded of a song uh, we used to sing with our youth group. And I hear the words, I'm yours, Lord, everything I've got, everything I am and everything I'm not. I'm yours, Lord, try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. And it's, a, it's really an invitation. Uh, in light of God's mercy, in light of everything that God has done, in fact, track through uh, with me uh, these... Uh, 
these words that Paul uh, gives us in this passage, in light of the mercies of God, uh, taking into account uh, all the things that he's done to restore us to himself. Uh, can we see that next slide here? He says, in light of uh, God's mercy, in view of everything that God has done to restore us to himself, to bring us into a great relationship with himself, uh, in view of all that, uh, then take this next step, which is uh, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, the day-to-day uh, you know, all of the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, just to present it to God and say, Lord, I'm yours, everything I am and everything I've got. And then uh, look at God's response uh, to that kind of commitment. This is holy and pleasing to God. Uh, he's not asking us uh, to kind of put everything together and put a bow on it and make our lives uh, anything different than what they are. He's just saying, come as you are, Present yourself as you are and take those small steps toward me. And then uh, this promise, uh, this is your true and proper worship. This really is what God is looking for uh, from people is that we'll, we'll take those small steps. We'll make those pathways in our lives, however insignificant they may seem, but they're meant to honor and respond to his goodness expressed to us. Uh, this is our true and our proper form of worship. And God will do the rest. Uh, he will do what he said he would do uh, to the one who has, more will be given. And to the one who's faithfully taken those small steps, uh, God will entrust with much. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we just want to thank you uh, for this new year that's in front of us. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you've brought us this far and uh, your word says you, you will complete the good work that you've begun in many of us. And Lord, as we address uh, this, this idea of habits, our habitual behavior, uh, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would give us the gift of self-awareness, that we would begin to uh, notice things that we do habitually, whether it's ways of thinking, ways of feeling, ways of reacting to people and situations, uh, ways of spending our time uh, establishing our priorities. Lord, whatever they would be, we know that real change begins with awareness. And, and so, Holy Spirit, uh, don't let us do this on our own, uh, but as we seek to follow your word and go on those paths that you established for us, I pray that uh, we would begin to notice things about ourselves, uh, habits that are self-sabotaging, that hold us back, that hem us in, that maybe just keep us in neutral and keep us from moving towards those great things that your word clearly says you have for our lives. And, and then, Lord, uh, as we move forward, would you show each one of us those keystone habits that we could begin to lay down in our lives? Maybe they'll have to do with our response to you. Uh, as we declared uh, my own keystone habit, of getting out of bed and saying, Lord, today is all about worshiping you with everything that I am. Uh, maybe that will be spiritual. But Lord, maybe that keystone habit for us will be emotional. Uh, maybe it'll be relational, uh, something physical. Uh, Lord, whatever it would be, we know that you're with us in this process. And uh, maybe as you're hearing this message, you're thinking, I don't really know that God is with me in the way that you talk about 
uh, but you've heard enough about Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in him, uh, what he did to bring us back to our Heavenly Father, and there's something in you that, that yearns for that, that wants to know God in that personal, powerful way. The Bible calls that faith, and if you'll act on that, if you'll take a step towards that, that response of faith will become something that God uses in a powerful way in your life. And uh, if you're yearning, you're hungry for that. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be satisfied. And uh, so I would like to lead you in a response to Jesus Christ. You can pray this out loud. You can agree in your heart. Uh, but just say, Jesus, uh, thank you for what I've heard about you. Uh, thank you for what I've heard about your life, your teaching, your death, your resurrection, and the forgiveness that you're extending to me. I want to receive that. I do receive that. I open my heart to you, Lord, and ask that you would come in and uh, begin to fill me with the awareness of your presence in my life. Uh, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for giving me uh, a relationship with my creator that I can now call him my heavenly father. And Lord, I pray that you'd begin to change me through the renewing of my mind and allow me to begin to experience your good and your perfect will for my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.